Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com. That's K-O hyphen fi.com forward slash alone or you can go to alone with invisible people.com forward slash support us to find out more thank you hi i'm rebecca gallardo the host of alone in a room with invisible people i am here today with author and teacher holly lyle and today's topic is how to build a character based on your sweet spot map so yes. that's pretty cool yeah we're, we're gonna have one more after this and holly is being attacked by her cat <laughs> his claw got stuck in my shirt well before we get into today's topic we are going to do a brief uh discussion on our weeks we yes. haven't done that in a little while so holly how was your week um it was kind of good and kind of awful um <laughs> that's the good part was i did get a fair amount more of the revision of uh, the ohio novel done and I've mentioned, and I sent out an email to the guys who get my emails, um, that I've come up with a new process for plotting out series and for uh, building out novels. And um, I'm going to be including that in some of the classes as, as I get it done. And I came up with some real brainstorms this week on that process. And uh, I am about two-thirds of the way through the final revision of the Ohio novel now. And um, overall, it was pretty good. Uh, I also had a doctor's appointment. There's a question of me developing rheumatism, and I'm not too thrilled about that. But uh, we'll see what we find out. Yeah, the, and we're talking about rheumatoid arthritis in right. hands, correct? Yeah. Right. Um, and now with the process, we're we're not going to be seeing any anything from inside the classes for a while right correct yeah right. so i needed you to clarify that because some of your class owners will be like oh new new parts to the, to the you know new lessons yeah this this is a big deal this is um a complete change well it's not a change in the way that i plot because i'm still using the line for scene um, it's just an addition to that that brings a lot of depth and power to the storytelling and it keeps it a little bit more um, within the bounds of what you actually want your story to be. It, it brings in things like uh, John W. Campbell's uh, storytelling arc or um, a romance storytelling and arc. Is that the hero's journey? Yeah, the hero's journey. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, uh, or a mystery story arc, and it combines line for scene with that. And um, I am still rubbing off some of the rough spots in the process and did a little bit more of that this week. But I really love what I'm getting, and the process itself gave me a brainstorm yesterday that I'll be working on today after we finish with the podcast. Yay, well, that's yeah. very cool. Um, my week was, uh, I don't, I don't think I've talked about this on the the podcast. I don't remember if I did. Maybe it was on the somehow deleted by Dropbox um, AMA episodes. Which, oh. by the way, if you guys don't follow us on social media, haven't seen the posts in the forum either, uh, we lost our AMA episodes. That's why it wasn't, well, one of them. But it was like a two and a half hour long episode. <laughs> And that is why it was not episode 100. So if you have not seen that, otherwise, that is why we did not get to some of the questions. Yeah. We're still doing them. Just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the thing that I wanted to mention was when I was talking to you guys and going through the revision and Matt's edit and the things that you had said, I realized that I had been making my character her problems. So all of the other characters, they were, they had these strong personalities and they were very much themselves on paper but Charlie who is the main character was all of her problems and I was trying I guess when I was writing it originally I was showing people how much she had to get through how much you know I was putting all of this stuff on her and then showing how strong she was but she didn't end up being strong because she ended up just being her problems so the 
revelation of of making her who she actually is like who I was burying under all of that stress and crap has been a lot of fun and it has shifted the tone of the first book to exactly how I wanted it so every single time I write a little bit more of a scene or a whole scene it feels like the book that I had wanted and could not get to I, I knew when I sent it to you guys that there was just still something lacking and it just didn't feel the way that I wanted it to and though I fought some of the ideas of of taking away her problems because I thought that that really kind of gave her who she was I realized that it was shifting that tone mm-hmm. so there are ways and and I kind of thought about it I realized last night while I was I was coming up with different plot angles for book two that and this is just my personal opinion I don't know how many other people feel this way that when you read the Harry Potter books and you hit the one where Harry Potter hits uh, his angsty teen years (laughs) the sudden shift in his personality is so grating Mm -hmm. it it is it, it, it sticks in my mind as one of the more frustrating things because it wasn't a subtle kind of slow change which is I get when a teenager turns a teenager there there is you know oh my god a lot of them you know <laughs> but at the same time there's a little buildup you know yeah. they start getting 2D at 10 or 11 and you know they start wanting to be a teen and they start calling themselves a tween and and there is this like there's a gradual buildup to that explosion of hormones and for Harry Potter to have gone from, you know, this really sweet kid who was incredibly grateful for all of these friends because he's never had them. And then all of a sudden angst, you know, <laughs> yes. almost goth level angst. It was a very frustrating shift. And it it made me realize that even planning out book two, I can't introduce some of the same things in the same way that I did in book one because it will do that exact same thing yeah um it's not that she was angsty teenage style but i'd be throwing this character that people really liked into this sudden personality shift yeah and and the thing is she still gets to have all the same problems she still gets to be dealing with all that same stuff Mm -hmm. but the way that you're doing it now allows people to love her yeah. And and that's, be that's what along I said, with her. too. Yeah. Yeah. Was that I want people to love her, but I'm not giving them a chance to. Mm-hmm. I'm just making her all her problems. And like Matt said, is like, boy, whew, she got a lot going on. <laughs> yes. And I appreciate the way he he handled my stuff, too, because he's very, very gentle. For the guy <laughs> that used to, you know, that we used to argue with all the time as a teenager to basically kind of treat everybody including his stepdaughter with kid gloves when it comes to their fiction he's he's pretty amazing (laughs) he really is yeah um but i i had a lot of i've been researching trying to fix things uh little things in book one and it has been my muse is jumping on the opportunity to do book two it's getting bored of book one mm-hmm. and I'm like okay but we got to finish book one first no we have to finish book one first and I keep writing down all these little ideas here and there they're all over the place now <laughs> so that's it's it's a little frustrating but I am happy that I am getting back into the focus of of fiction yeah you know um and just so anybody knows I'm not sure um I know that we're always picking up different different listeners or sometimes people don't, don't listen to every single episode because something doesn't grab their attention. Right. I will be having a surgery soon, so we will have um, a little bit of a break. Yeah. Uh, you will still get episodes, but I might not be in them. It might just be Holly. Uh, we might, we're not sure what's going on, but we will definitely end up letting you know 
one way or the other. But yes. I just wanted to, to point that out as well because it, it does have an effect on my mental state and my ability to create. Yes, yes. We, so. we will have some stuff in the can, but if she needs a longer recovery time, she gets her recovery time, and y'all are going to end up just listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sure they'll be fine with that. So let's get into today's topic, which is building a character based off of a sweet spot map. Now, this is a follow-up to build your own sweet spot map and build your own sweet or world build based right. on your sweet spot map. So this is walking into the characters. Right. And this one is, I don't know. This, I like this one. <laughs> I like this one a lot. It's um, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, I, I don't know. I just love the sweet spot map in general, so. Yeah, me too. Me too. But it really is very, very good for giving you not just your good guys, but also your bad guys and mm -hmm. your sidekicks and weird people who just appear as if from nowhere, from this place in your mind you didn't even know was there. Um, so the thing I want you to think about right now as we start into this is just this little core concept, which is you are multitudes. You are not just the one person that you show to people or the one person that you show to your loved ones or the one person you show to yourself. You are all of those people and then all of the people you could be if you made decisions that you choose not to make. Um, so you are all of the supervillains that, that run inside of your mind. You are all of, if you're a guy, you are all of the women characters that you create. If you're a woman, you're all of the guy create characters that you create. It, it's, it doesn't matter you are multitudes and you contain multitudes and amazing things inside of you so as you're looking at your sweet spot map keep that in mind okay um the sweet spot map contains elements of characters that are unique to you and that only you can write and, and again this is a case of you being unique there's nobody else in in the world there's nobody else who has ever lived who is like you they can have some things in common with you, but only you can ever be you. So only you can ever tell the stories that you can tell. And that's a really hard concept for people to wrap their minds around. I think especially when you're, this is, this is a bit ironic too, because when you're younger, you feel in, invincible. You mm -hmm. feel like um, you're, a lot of people feel that, that almost like, unintentional self-absorption especially as teenagers oh yeah <laughs> and it's not it's not a negative thing to be self-absorbed it's you know it, well not not always <laughs> you know it, it can be incredibly negative most of the time but some of the time it's it's unintentional it's so we we tend to be a little bit focused on ourselves and as we should be because we're living our lives through our own lens yeah. but a lot of people don't realize just how unique their lives are. That's why I'm saying it's ironic is, is we tend to be a little bit, I, I don't know how to put it, but heavily focused on our own life and thinking that, you know, we are special and we can be anything. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, when we look at our lives and, and as writers, we're like, well, I'm not that unique. I don't, I don't, I'm not that I don't have these special things to write about. Yeah. I don't know how to, to be special on the page. We are dismissive of our own experiences. Yeah. We think that the life that we live is so common, and it mm -hmm. isn't. It isn't. It's common to you because you live it. It's freaking unique to other people because they don't. So the thing that you are bringing to the characters in your book is all of these different facets of who you are and who you could be and who you choose not to be. And, and this comes out of your life and your experiences. And even if you don't really feel like you've ever done that much of anything, your life is unique to you and will be relevatory to people who have never met you it will be like holy shit there's a place in the world like that there are people in the world who think that way and they will connect to you through not just what they have in common with you but through all of this stuff that you take as commonplace that isn't yeah and a lot of people so you're getting either a lot of these people that wish they could live in a place like that 
or love the idea of places like that find adventure in what for you is is the norm but you're also getting the people who relate heavily to what you're doing and to what you're writing and oh yeah I've been there oh yeah I've done that and they like hearing it from another perspective it's the same thing as as hearing a writer you know express a concern or a fear and you're like oh my god <laughs> I'm not alone yeah yeah, and you are not alone in thinking that you, what is unique about your life is not worth writing about. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand that it is. It is. This is what you bring to the table that nobody else on the planet can bring to the table is you and your life. Now that we've jumped pretty heavily on that concept, what we want to do is look at our maps and find the characters that we can build from our maps, and we're going to kind of demo this, uh, and the characters and how you find them in the map. And um, we're going to start this time on our maps, and you should, if you are playing along with us, have already downloaded the worksheets, have already built your map, and should have all of your stuff filled out, at least in a start, okay? You can always add more. You can always mm -hmm. add extra sheets of paper. You can make that thing the size of a room if you want. Or you can do what I do and have a book yep. to write all the extra little bits in. Yeah, because in, in reality, none of us really probably have space in our homes for a room size map anymore. Um, <laughs> It'd be so. nice, though, to have this gigantic office and just, you know, like two-story worth of wall because Wouldn't that's that. all I actually need I need the vertical you know <laughs> yes yeah that's so what we're gonna do here now okay get out your map and look at your I love and you are going to be looking for people and occupations the questions they're going to pursue these are your characters that um, the sidekicks and the romantic partners that they'll keep and that, that's, that's what I love brings you. The people that you want your readers to love. And uh, to give you a demonstration from my map. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm back to taking off my glasses again. So now Becky's blurry, blurry. <laughs> um, um, when I am building characters from I'm, I love, and I'm still using the uh, secret text. Uh, no. Nope. 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 The... Um, Moon and Sun. Moon and Sun, thank you. Mm -hmm. The Moon and Sun map. I am still using the Moon and Sun map demo for this. Um, uh, when I look at I love, I see history, knowing who we are as humans, knowing how we came to be here, knowing what we did wrong so we can avoid it, knowing what we did right so that we can continue it. Um, I have work. I have husband, kids, friends. Uh, I have... Uh, learning skills, taking what I've learned, watching people use it, seeing them make their dreams real, creating wonder, exploring magic, learning skills, knowing more. Okay, so my I love is going to now get transferred to characters. Um, if I'm using this map, I am going to have a character who has deep ties to history in some way, who is compelled to learn history, who is compelled to understand how he or she or the people around this character have come to be who they are not just in good ways but also in bad ways because you have to when you have something that you loved you have to see the whole part of it and the whole part of history is that some of it is really dark so uh with the moon and sun books that turned out to be a couple of different characters the audio marist who is the the road listener the person who can hear the thoughts of people walking on roads. Um, it is my main character, who is uh, a an early teenager who is um, discovering that what she thought she knew about her place in the world has been all lies. Um, that that everything about this world has been deceptive and intentionally deceptive by by people she doesn't know, by powers she hasn't seen, by things she hasn't met, but is going to. Um, okay, so that's that's mine. Go ahead and what's your I love? This is the thing, right? Like characters, sometimes I start off the ones that I like from other 
other like other ways obviously like you don't have to use this right. stuff but um i have i have gone into things like i get shivers from to mm -hmm. create characters uh that's actually more or less where charlie would have come from is my own what i love and what you know i get shivers from yeah. so she is basically she she absolutely loves history but very specific history she loves history of fulton county she also she loves uh cryptids she loves uh studying which i do too but she also loves getting out there which i'm i'm if you've ever watched bob's burgers bob loves the idea of kayaking loves the idea of all of these you know, of being out, going out into the to the woods and camping and uh, and, and just the, the <laughs> r rustic lifestyle, but he he doesn't actually enjoy doing these things, even though he doesn't seem to fix it in his brain that you know all of this cool <laughs> camping gear and and the idea doesn't match up with the reality. So while I love the idea of say geocaching, geocaching in South Florida or Georgia is hot, sweaty, humid. Mm -hmm. Lots of bugs, sometimes fairly dangerous. <laughs> uh, because alligators. And alligators <laughs> and wild boar and etc. Yes. So it's it's not something, especially the heat and the humidity, I am just not a fan. And um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sort of like that, but I get to give Charlie these strengths that I don't necessarily have myself or at least I don't have where I live right now. So I think it's I think it's more or less that I get to put her in this environment that doesn't have the things that I can't stand which is heat and humidity. Yeah. Now obviously it gets hot there and it gets humid but it's not year Melt round. Melt your eyeballs or year round. Yeah. Yeah, it's not year round. <laughs> and yeah, so I get to get to give her all of these things that I really do love and enjoy to, to do or think about. Um, but also the things that I get shivers from, she sometimes gets shivers from too. So she's, she's very much into the history. Um, I put in here that she, you know, that I love things like light, reading, studying, learning. So these are all of the things that I put into her. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily, you know, make it the same as me. Right. Yes. This is the thing is that every single value that you put on there and, and Becky has brought up a couple of really important points already in this, which is that you with every character cre you create, you use all of the map. You use the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's just I am I am pulling from one spot at a time here to kind of demo how you can use it without us spending 24 hours on the episode. Yeah. But yes, every single element on your map is a part, can become a part or a contributor to every single character you write. If you don't want to write flat villains that are just, just you know, guys in black capes who just do evil and, and that's their whole motivation is I want to be evil. If you want to have a genuine villain who scares people and at the same time kind of breaks their heart a little bit, mm -hmm. you need to give them something that they love. You need to give them something that they really genuinely want and then maybe put in a heartbreaking backstory of how they didn't get it. And it how give getting, them a fear too. Yeah, give them a fear. Give them some, some depth. Um, so that every character that you create, and uh, okay, and also um, user warning here, you can go so in depth into your characters that everybody becomes a main character, mm -hmm. uh, and then you just drown your reader and you drown your book. So uh, you want to go very, very lightly on anybody that you have defined as a sidekick or not, not one of the primary protagonists or antagonists. Use yeah. this really lightly because the instant you start overbuilding your characters, um, you're going to drown your reader. <laughs> well, the good thing, too, is that if you are writing in a world and you only really want to write in this world, especially right now, yeah, you might get bored of it later. But if you are focused on this world, say Fulton Hills, any character that you make can end up being a main character of a series or a, a series of standalones that you're going to write. It, it Any character that you are creating, if you fall in love with them, don't worry about you know, even if you kill them, you can always write a prequel. It's it's not like you're stuck to to this particular main character and 
once you finish their series or even a lot of people I've noticed, you know, are writing more than one series at a time Mm -hmm. and you get to be in all of these different characters heads. The other thing I wanted to say too is, um, thanks to the sweet spot map and this, I, this is something that I have been doing since about 2008, since I found the sweet spot map and forced myself to build it and realized how cool and fun it was. I have no problem leaving other characters a little vague and blank in, you know, not in the books, but in my character building, because what's fun is you can open up the character map and say, okay, well, this is this, this person I want to know a little bit more about because I want to find a way to put them into this book. Mm -hmm. So you open up your character, your sweet spot map and you close your eyes and you, you know, or you could drop a thumbtack toss it in the air (laughs) drop it on there some somehow you can go to either a certain section so either shivers or love or hate or you can just try to do it to the entire open map and and hit one spot and see what that spot says and okay this person now fears grass well that's weird why is that and you can try to figure it out The, the cool thing is that if you are writing even on a somewhat regular manner, even if you're going in and just doing 10 minutes a day, you're, you're keeping your muse active. So asking it a question like, how the hell does this character fear grass? <laughs> that would be like the toughest phobia in the world to deal Other with. Other than maybe fearing air, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you've got to breathe air. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> you, so, yeah... It would be neat. Okay, well, maybe it's a specific grass. See, my muse is already going into this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's only the grass, uh, uh, you know, that's there when the full moon is up and it's October. It's like, ooh, I wonder what happened there. You know, it's... So your muse will try to fill in these answers. And this is what Holly means by asking the right questions. It's just sparking something in your muse that your muse comes up across. So it's... It's okay to leave some of the characters to where you don't know what they did on their third birthday. I never go that deep anymore. Yeah, I just let that come out in the story as I write it. And mm-hmm. then if it's something important like a date, I'll, I'll put in tracking stuff, um, which I've been having to do with my MC in the current oh, Ohio novels. We do need to do an episode on tracking, I think, if, if oh, anybody God, is interested. Yeah. Because there's story tracking, plot um, um setting tracking Mm -hmm. world tracking character Character tracking tracking, yeah and scrivener is my best buddy for tracking Mm -hmm. yeah me too yeah but yeah back to the point yes yes you can go into and get pieces for every single character you, you create from every single spot on the map um don't go deep on more than a couple of characters to start with and just allow yourself to meet the other characters as you write them and let them tell you a little bit about themselves as they're jumping onto the page, as they're doing things. As one of them goes, oh my God, you're going to eat ice cream. I can't stand that stuff. And you go, what? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. River was not even an intentional character. She was never supposed to be a POV character. It was just supposed to be Charlie and Tracy. And she's one of my favorites. She is. I love River. I absolutely love River. She was fun from the first time she showed up until the very end. Just yeah, I I can't imagine the book without her now. I mean, she's this shows how much too because I never did a bio on her. I never did any of that stuff. She just popped up because I realized like if this is going to be the haunting of a girl it probably should be the girl's partly the girl's story (laughs) yeah and it became her story and and just compelling and and wonderful and scary yeah and it made me cry (laughs) I will not forgive you for that it made me cry good (laughs) okay so Okay, so that was I Love, and with I Love, again, I'm just going to recap here. Uh, you're looking for people and occupations, uh, generally the protagonists. Uh, you're looking for the questions they'll pursue, the sidekicks and romantic partners they'll keep. We're going to move on to I Need. And again, you can use any one of these for every single thing. It's just they're that broad. But with I Need in general, start looking for the passions that drive them, the questions that compel them. And when I look at I need on my map, which I've got to find, there it is. Okay. Um, I need, uh, let's see, imagination, skill, 
reason, what matters, how it matters, who it matters to. Uh, I need joy, anger, honesty, honor, integrity. I need determination. I need ferocity. I need myself, solitude, silence, thinking, and questions. No sacred cow and no stone unturned. I need friendship and camaraderie and a bunch of other stuff, things that I as a human being need. Um, so then to transfer that to my characters, I just pick one thing because characters don't have to be as big as you. They have to be big enough for the reader to understand them and believe in them, but they don't have to have all of this other stuff. So let's say that for the character that I'm building, um, my character needs to have imagination. And let's give that imagination a tiny little bit of superpower in that what this character imagines can be made real in the world that if she or he imagines something bizarre, it will appear. This could be either a really good thing or a really bad thing. It can be like what uh, Bridget Jones's diary, what you thought it was for some reason from the ads. When you watched it, you were yeah. very disappointed because you thought it was a fantasy uh, movie about a girl who writes in her diary and then stuff happens. Yes, yes, which I thought was awesome. That would have been a great movie. The one that wasn't so good. I, I liked it. It I was, was okay. It was okay. It had a nice little romantic thing to it, but it was not what I was hoping to see. Yes. So let's say that the character that I, I am creating as my protagonist um, can imagine, has, has nightmares and what she dreams the nightmares she dreams become real in the world. So, and then she has to deal with them. So she dreams of monsters or she dreams of um, crazy striped zebras or whatever, and they'll show up around the area where she lives. And nobody knows where they're coming from, including her, but uh, they appear. So she has nightmares she doesn't remember? Yeah, she has nightmares she doesn't remember. And the nightmares, those particular deep, sub subverted nightmares become real. That's or just cool. the creatures in them. Just the yeah. creatures in them. Yeah. So you've created a, a whole series, basically. Because I can imagine by the end of book one, she would figure out that it was her. Yeah. And then by the end of the entire series, she would have to figure, figure out. have figured out a way to stop it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so... Well, with my I need, it's it's stuff like the first one is to tell stories, so that works out. Um, but then there's magic, mystery, support, compassion. Um, and I like the fact that I've got magic and mystery in there because that's, that's basically Fulton Hills in a nutshell to me. It is. Is magic and mystery. And I feel like Charlie needs that too magic and mystery mm -hmm. um not so much the magic you know that's just a part of her life tanya is ingrained in magic since the moment she was born that's that's been her destiny pretty much yeah so it's it fits these different people um it's funny because there's a character in these that that surrounds himself with the magic with the mystery and he doesn't really want any of it but he has a a need to solve a, a need to solve a mystery the need to solve one particular thing from his past and that's in here too and he needs people even though he doesn't realize it you know i mean he knows he needs their help but he doesn't realize how deeply he needs people and that's what i've written down in, and i need is people yeah that's beautiful okay um the next spot on your map is going to be I'm drawn to. And I'm drawn to gives you places where your people fit. It gives you professions that they can pursue. It gives you features of their homes and lives that satisfy them. And let me do a couple of demos for you here. From I am drawn to, which is up here. Okay. Um, full moon, the secrets roads know, traveling and passage, solitude, Razor's Edge, Mountain uh, mountain Ridges. Um, from that, I'm going to go back to something that I mentioned in one of the previous two episodes in this series, uh, which is The Secrets Roads Know. And I developed a character specifically from that little thing. She was called the Audio Marist. And she was a person who can listen to 
the thoughts of people who are walking on roads. That is where she came from, is I am drawn to, along with uh, one of the I love things, and that where the other characters are also tied into the history of this world, so is she. Uh, she has a long history with this world. She is um, very, very scarily long-lived. And another thing in here, we have uh, castles, old buildings, um, things that I can't read my writing on, things that are, okay, echoes, lost and found voices, the voices of children, and the echoes of the voices of children that have been lost and found. And that ties into another part of the particular series in that children have disappeared in this world and have been sent on the moon roads uh, to, to other, like, shadows of the existing world. And the, the protagonist of this, this series um, is... Tie, is, is tied up in understanding how that happened and then undoing it in bringing people back home, uh, which has been a theme of my life, <laughs> is, God damn it, how do I get back home? And um, <laughs> at the point where I am back home, it is that theme has been made real for me and has been given some additional power that has spawned in an entirely different series that I'm working on under pseudonym. But this part of yourself can fuel multiple mm -hmm. stories. The map is useful not for one book, but for all of them. It's that, useful for an entire career. Oh, it is. It is. Because you will come back and you will look at the same question in a dozen different ways and get a dozen different, not just books, but a dozen different kinds of books, mm -hmm. a dozen different genres, a dozen different, whatever the hell it is that you need. You can find all of it just by digging through your brain. It gave me these places and it gave me the people to put on the places. It gave me this horrible thing that had happened to some of these people that they had been banished to these different realities and they want to come home. And the, the, the truth of this that I found in the portion that I'm writing, uh, that it's on hold right now, but that I am writing right now, is how they got banished and the cost of their banishment, which is just terrifying, and how desperately they need to be brought home and made whole again. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm just thrilled with what I got from this damn map. I really am. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's with the, I'm drawn to, I wanted to say too, the echoes I have on my map as well, but it's shivers mm -hmm. and disembodied children's voices I have in there too. Yeah. Uh, children's voices in general, um, because of horror films, it's, it's definitely, um, it's a certain certain voices can be quite creepy in in the correct oh yeah you know, situations oh yeah but the I am drawn to um, typically is pretty easily filled out for me it's it's pretty huge mm -hmm. and the I'm drawn to has um I like the fact that you mentioned that it can be art like things like architecture too it can be the person's house because I am drawn to lofts. And Peter has a loft. I am drawn to houseboats. There's a house a houseboat that is owned by one of the people in here. I'm not cool. sure who it is, but it might be Tanya. But Tanya has this kind of hand-built, funky, you know, doesn't put a lot of money into stuff kind of thing, despite the fact that her, her mother is, is very independently wealthy. Um, but there's... There's, I, I love bungalows with a lot of light and a, a lot of charming personality, and that's what Ch uh, Charlie owns. I love a lot of different architecture, and that's on here, too. I love mm -hmm. mountains and caves and forests you can get lost in. This is the I'm drawn to, by the way. Not I'm saying I love it, but it's, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's stuff it's, that I'm drawn to. Right. The one thing I couldn't make work was beach. You know, I wanted pretty much <laughs> all of the topography that I, I particularly am drawn to. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could not manage the temperatures and the correct, all of the other things. And then also have a beach there. Right. I had to give something up, which sucks, <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's, 
a lot of the different things that we're drawn to, we can figure out ways to bring to characters as well. Because if you're looking at something like, oh, I am drawn to the mountains, then that person, that character could be somebody who is motivated to move into the mountains or mm -hmm. actually currently lives there in your world. Or has come uh, from there. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. like, I'm looking at Fulton Hills that has all of these different little areas. And if they... um if they are drawn to waterfalls, maybe they have one in their backyard and they, they have very specifically either built this little waterfall or they purchased that plot of land because that waterfall was, was close enough and, and on or near, you know, that can be visible from their land. Yeah. So it's just different ways that you can influence your, the motivations of your characters or even just the, the lives of your characters just from something simple like I love Greek architecture. They could live in a really weird house. Mm -hmm. Tanya's house is very unique and very specific because of what she is drawn to and what she is also working to avoid and working to um, kind of distance herself from. She does not want to be her mother and her mother is very has very aristocratic tastes, <laughs> very yeah, expensive I'd, tastes as well. I'd be uncomfortable with that as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not so upset with being like my mom. So, <laughs> um, yeah, somebody said, well, we all turn into our parents. And I'm like, as long as it's my mom, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's very sweet. And, uh, you know, I can't say that for mine. No. <laughs> no. But I am drawn to can really, really motivate a lot of intense parts of your books, too. It's I, I think any and all of it can be very intense, but I am drawn to there's just something about it that can, can give you all of these little tiny details that you can add in. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever at a loss for what somebody's, you know, house should should look like, it's it's not that you're looking for descriptions. It's that oh. you are building it on this character. Who is this character? What did they like? And all of these little things help build the character. Somebody who likes living in a very small house and doesn't have very much stuff is going to be very different from somebody whose house is a statement of wealth. Yes, yes. And the way you present these things, too, will allow readers to establish um, kind of relationships with your characters, kind of either this me too or do, no, not definitely not that for me. And it will help you find your own readership. Um, so realize that when you are sharing this stuff, the people who love what you do are going to be connecting to these elements that you throw into it. Um, the I am drawn to's are not just for your characters, but they're for your readers as well. And it allows you to build a bond with them that you are writing from your own life and from what matters to you. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Okay, so let's go on to I Get Shivers From. And this gives you pieces of your characters' lives that don't quite fit. Um, and it gives you strangeness in the stories that they inhabit. So let's look at my I Get Shivers From. And this is, um, let me see, uh, this is one of the one with the really light ink. So, um, science is magic, what people can create, um, brilliant technology, thought, perfectly phrased, flawless reason, clarity, um, things like footsteps in empty places, sudden cold spots, empty places. Places in Forgotten Cities. I'm sorry. My, I'm, I'm the. Let me see. I get shivers from ruins, from lost places, from lost peoples, from lost ideas. And okay, so let me take some of those. And in the I am drawn to, and the that gives you places where people fit, the professions they pursue, the features of their homes, the lives that satisfy. Them. Oh no, this is the I get shivers from. I'm sorry. Uh, pieces of their lives that don't quite fit in the stories they inhabit. So we bring into that, um, I like the, the ruins, the lost places, the lost peoples, and the lost ideas. When I looked at this lost places, lost peoples, lost ideas, I realized 
that this is not just forgotten, like the Minoans of real world history, um, where this was a culture that just got clobbered by uh, a volcano that pretty much wiped out their area. And there were survivors, but the culture got stomped. Uh, this is not just misplaced, like the Atlantans, uh, Atlanteans. If there was an Atlantis, if. well, then, you know, they might be somewhere, but yeah. we don't know where. If this is not just overrun, like peoples whose countries have been overrun and whose histories have been erased by conquerors. Uh, look up Chris, crypto history. If you would like to see some examples of this, there's a pretty go good article on it uh, on Wikipedia, I think. But also there are some websites devoted to crypto history. Yeah. This is, however, also, it can just mean people who are physically lost. And when I pursued that particular route and that particular question, well, what if these aren't just, you know, lost in a metaphorical sense? What if these people are actually physically lost? I came up with them being sent to the moon roads. And they are, and at that point, I then had this new conflict that relates to the magic of, of the world, that relates to um, the whole Moon and Sun series, and that relates to how do we find them and how do we bring them back home, which is the emphasis of the third and final book. Okay, on your I Get Shivers From, what have you got? I got. <laughs> So much, but again, this is this is what Fulton Hills is kind of built on, is the things that I'm drawn to, the things that I get shivers from, and then that's what the stories are focused on, too. So I get shivers from cryptids, hidden, discovery, mystery, magic, something new, camping, hunting, um, hidden treasure, new knowledge. Like, all of that is one line, yeah. and it starts with cryptids. So basically, all of that is, and then that moves into a very large section in one of my notebooks mm -hmm. Roanoke missing people see it and we we both get shivers from things like that like the oh, yeah. the mystery of an entire civilization um what they were into what the, their whole culture yeah and I think that's why the noho the nohoda atzada I call them noho and then the yaktak nuk I think that's why they have such a a big part in the story and and in Fulton Hills in general is because I I wanted I started off the with the Nahoda Atsada as like what what would have happened if you know if there was a group of indigenous people in America that were not affected by things like the Trail of Tears right you know um that they also were not one of the more passive groups and getting attacked by their their own, you know, by other indigenous people or by their own tribes um, because there were some that were internally against each other. And, and mm -hmm. it's just, they're, they're people, you know? So right. we... A we, long and complicated we, history. <laughs> yeah. And we tend to just, people tend to be the same deep down. They're good people, they're bad people. And the the shivers from is is how much magic in a metaphorical sense there is in human history and my my goal with them is well what would happen if they were unaffected by the rest of this plight and they still had their their people Mm -hmm. They still had all of their culture. They still had all of these things. Their land. That, yeah, yeah. their land. Yeah. That yeah. It, everything that they had was protected and respected by the people that were near them because there were settlers that respected and appreciated the indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So I figured that this would be a really cool way to keep a segment of the Native American population that would have flourished and then also there are people in there that don't because people are people and then also have kept the settlers who wanted to also protect them because they were protecting each other mm -hmm. you know having them both work together and and having it work out so this is something that I got shivers from that became a very important part of Fulton Hills and part of its identity yeah. is is the Nahoro Sara 
and the to a lesser extent the Yaktaknak, who you know were a nomadic tribe that were being attacked and diminishing very quickly and made a pact with the Nahoda Atsada who took them in and they became and even their history is right. a certain amount of that is lost um the Noho it, it's just like in our own history where we believe that in, an engagement ring is something that is centuries and centuries old. Mm -hmm. And really it's just something that started getting pimped in about the 1950s. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because somebody saw thing. a way to market diamonds. Yeah, and they're yeah. not rare. They're not rare at no. all. They're, there's It's it's just a very controlled, very well done marketing. So like that diamond engagement ring, it has become such a big part of our history. Those are things that we take as our history. And those are things that I am putting into the Nahoro Adzara and the Yaktaknak is they have this recent history that they think is a very long history. <laughs> but it's going to come out that no, there were some other things going on. So even within the indigenous people of that area that I have, they have their own mysteries to solve and awesome historical inaccuracies. Yeah. So these are the things that I get shivers from and these are things that I have built into the world. And then also each book is going to contain a lot of the I get shivers from. So if if you we're still having the Brits have a problem with shivers apparently. So we, <laughs> we do kind of need um, to figure out another way to put that, because I, I know I saw a couple of people talking about it in the threads. Um, I don't know. If you are one of the listeners and you know both both different kinds of terminology, so you get what Shivers is, but you get a British version, like you know what would help, yeah, please, please send it to us. <laughs> Show at alonewithinvisibleople.com, or you can link it, you can you can mention it in the forums or on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Just help us out here. Yes, yes, because I find it impossible to believe that this is an entirely American uh, emotional response to something. Honest to God, <laughs> shivers sounds like it would be something that came from Britain. It sounds like something that we picked up from them. Doesn't it? Yeah. You know? I but thought that was not. universal, but apparently yeah. not. All right. So let's move on then to what kind of characters did you get from I Hate? And this one actually is, you know, it starts out pretty obvious. You get the characters that are the enemies of your protagonists. You get the battles and the obstacles, uh, the foes they must overcome in order to triumph. But also from I Hate, you can get some of the things about your characters that are not their best qualities so that they are not... Um, I think the phrase I heard that summed it most, most clearly was their shit don't stink. Um, that <laughs> people do have some flaws and from I hate you can get some of the things about yourself that you can put on these people that you annoy yourself with about this thing about yourself you, could, you would change if you could and you just haven't quite figured out how to do it yet, you can give some of that to your good characters and no, let them so, deal with that crap. So like when I mentioned Mark's character uh, chewing with his mouth open. Uh -huh. <laughs> that kind of thing. That was... Mark's character is kind of a protagonist. He's just a sidekick protagonist. <laughs> but yeah. He was like, he was like, why? I told him about it and he said, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you're, you're a mean mean sister <laughs> i'm a good person you are he, he deserves it <laughs> but the i hate can definitely it can definitely put a good amount of contrarian nature to to people because people are very much these two halves yeah. and and you have certain things that don't match up with another thing Yes, again, we, you, you are multitudes. You are not just one thing, and your character shouldn't be either. So while I hate is obviously the go-to for building your villains, you know, that's where you start when building your villains. It's also a really good way to give a little depth to your heroes. <laughs> Did you want to add some stuff to I hate? Well, the, the things that you personally hate, too, are ways that you can build up a villain that in little ways so I've got you know addiction would obviously go into um 
something that you can you can use as a con like a contrarian thing like this person I, I could give that to a fault knight and the fault knights are very much no drugs no no anything no gambling that they live a puritan lifestyle so addiction would be an interesting kind of problem for them to face um but arrogance mm -hmm. bigotry um and uncompromising those are things that you can create a subtle a subtle villain that lasts for the series and just introduce these little things these to build up that 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 arch nemesis that main bad guy and and just show him in the first book as as one of those things and then the second book introduce another thing and then the third book so you just keep piling on with these things that you hate mm -hmm. and building that sense of danger and building that sense of of ominence <laughs> okay I, I did not uh, actually go through my list on on my sweet mm -mm. spot map for this so I'm just gonna pick one little thread uh, it was uh, sleaziness smarminess and smooth guys and that's one of my I hates and I actually built a character around that in the moon and sun series and he was in part of the first book he was in part of the second book and he is really important in the third book and it was um the i mean these are these are a a, real, a high fantasy sort of trilogy but so he is a guy with magical power he is a guy who's got some some serious history in the world and he comes off as unlikable and is much more unlikable than he comes off <laughs> so I was very happy with what I got out of that okay so then let's go to the last point on your sweet spot map for characters and this is I fear and there are some obvious things you can do with I fear the pain you can cause to your characters on their way to overcoming their obstacles uh, the obstacles they must face in order to overcome. Um, and my I fears are um, that no one will speak, that no one will risk, that no one will see wrong, and that no one will fight wrong. Uh, there were a lot of other things in my I fears, but those I think were the ones that were really deep in the Moon and Sun series and that will be really deep in tying up the third and final book is that this is the obstacles to overcome and these are the characters these are the qualities i have to give to my heroes that they will speak that they will risk that they will see wrong and identify it as wrong and that they will then fight it and that they are not just fighting the people who are doing wrong they are fighting the people who are seeing nothing hearing nothing doing nothing who are the the little four monkeys on the uh on the little oh, statues three. yeah three? three is it three right? yeah it's i see no i fear no evil i see i see no evil i hear no evil i speak no evil that's the one yeah yeah i can't see you currently <laughs> i can see part of you <laughs> yeah i see you are heavily catted yes <laughs> it's like every two minutes another cat pops up yes. um but no cat butt yet no no cat butt yet now that you've said it i'm sure you're gonna get it <laughs> sure um, I, my fears are things that are in here in metaphorical ways. And then also that are very physical, like the hag or the paranormal, um, hag. There are things like betrayal, things that, um, an evil you can't fight, which we talked about last time, which is kind of the thread of the the books that i'm doing now is is an evil you can't fight so it's it's an evil that they can fight and they will fight and they'll win but they don't think that they can fight an evil that that fighting is at first glance not possible so it becomes very difficult um to figure out the way in which to to fight this kind of thing i've, I've got loss death anger and then i've i've got other things on here things like monsters you know specific kinds of monsters 
the loss of the one that I really liked on here was the loss of knowledge. And that can be anything that can be Alzheimer's, which I think maybe that's what my muse was thinking, because it's something that I have feared since I was little. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also the loss of knowledge, as in what we were just talking about when it comes. Yeah, history. And I think that it is very important for Charlie. I think that that's probably one of her fears is the loss of all of this stuff that fascinates her and that she loves so much she's made her entire life about it the loss of these these things the Mm -hmm. the the loss of not just these culture cultural pieces of of the world but also the cryptids themselves the loss of the knowledge of the cryptids but the the loss of the love of this kind of thing too she's it, it's kind of this fear of the world of Fulton Hills was more open, but as people's minds became more closed, so did the world. The 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 parts of it are starting to be hidden away, and there are things that there are people there that would not mind it if cryptids did not exist, if magic did not exist, all of this stuff, and. They have to fight this kind of fake progress. Mm-hmm. It's under the auspice of of progress, but it's it's not. It's kind of a cultivation of of a tourist trap that these people are are creating Fulton Hills as. Yeah, they they want the the tourist money from the idea of magic but they don't want to deal with the actual consequences of this world being there and part of that is the amount of power that the individual holds you know when they have the ability to do magic when they when they have the ability to to live their own lives they have the ability to also make their town what it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. or or what it should be or or let it be itself and of course, people in in control don't like that. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, that's that is really good world building. So you want to take all six elements of your sweet spot map. You want to look at how small elements in each of these six areas can affect each of your characters. And you want to pull from the really cool stuff on your map to create the characters in the first place. It is a really broad tool for that. And it allows you to come up with people you would not have otherwise come up with because you're you're hitting all of these different spots for the main characters. And you don't, seriously, you don't go that deep with secondary characters and you don't go that deep with just walk-ons, you know, little people that you don't even give names to. You don't have to build out full character sheets on these guys. Um, you just give them something interesting that they think or need or that they hate or and then build from there. Um, and with that, I think... We're ready for uh, the takeaway. Okay. So before we get to the takeaway, I'm just going to remind you guys, you can follow us on the socials. That's at A-I-A-R-W-I-P on Twitter, at Alone with Invisible People on Instagram, Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook, and you can find us at www.aloneinaroomwithinvisible. You can find us at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can find out different ways by going to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us. If you do buy any of Holly's courses, classes, ebooks, anything like that, we do ask that you use the affiliate links, please. Just because it supports the podcast, it it does not cost you any extra. Holly still gets her share and then the podcast also gets supported. And that's that the goal really is to to make the podcast at least pay for itself so yeah which it's not doing yet but you know we're we're scooching yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's definitely not it's not paying for it yet but i do want to say really i do appreciate everybody who's giving three dollars a month i've I've had i have some people on there that are giving three dollars a month and have been since i started the coffee account and i gotta say guys even the three dollars a month it makes a difference i really cannot tell you how much i appreciate 
you guys donating three, six, nine, whatever it is. Also, um, what were you going to say? Yeah, we are a shoestring operation living mm-hmm. shoestring lives. So, yes, 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 this really does help us. Yes. So thank you very much for that. Uh, We also appreciate it anytime you guys share the podcast because you are getting us out to other writers and other writers are going to listen and enjoy what they hear too, hopefully. And if you want, if you are doing something related to Sweet Spot Map or any of the other episodes, tag us. You know, post if you've posted a picture of yourself writing and you were inspired by something that we had said or, or one of the worksheets Holly had created, feel free to tag us on whatever social media platform you are using as long as we are on there as well, which is all of three. Um, And let us know that, you know, something that we said or something that we were sharing inspired you to do something. We would love to see also that, you know, if you you have purchased any of the Air Whip merch, it is at the Red Bubble Shop. You can look up Air Whip and uh, show us, show us what you got. I don't have a script for this thing, so it's like I just try to remember to throw in as much as as I can as quickly as I can. Um, Holly, what is the takeaway for today? The takeaway from this, we are going to go right back to where we started. You are multitudes. All the choices you've made in your life and all the ones that you didn't make, your characters are not multitudes. They are just slices of who you are or who you might have been pitted against the life you lived or wish you'd lived, or are glad you didn't live, or that you escaped. So write these people fearlessly. Don't be afraid to tell the truth. Just tell it through other people and in little pieces, and don't dump all of your life at once on one character. So that has been our episode on building a character using your sweet spot map. We hope that you guys have enjoyed it. If you have any questions, go into the forums. And I apologize for my very loud, very upset cat. I have no idea why she's so mad. Um, (laughs) Please go into the forums. Look for our podcast, Alone with Invisible People. And go ahead and find this episode, sweet spot map character. And put your questions or ideas or opinions or tips in the podcast forums. We would love to hear from you guys. Or results. You know, if you get a really good character from this episode, please let us know. Yeah, definitely. If you get anything from any of the Sweet Spot maps, feel free to drop in there and let us know how it went. So thank you. That has been it. I just wanted to say I can't wait to see you guys next week. And we love you guys. Holly? Yes, we love you. And just remember, you can totally do this. Cat butt. And cat butt. Oh, yeah. Yep. There it I was. I told you. Yep. Yep. And she's mad.